0: As we celebrate Juneteenth, here's what I'm hoping for, that we will think less about catching up and focus more on putting policies and practices in place that don't block Black Americans' economic progress. Hello, 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 and welcome to More Than Money, a podcast where we have nuanced conversations about money business, and life, where we take the time to explore the human side of money, because success with money is never just about the numbers. I'm your host, Jacquette Timmons, and I'm really, really glad you've taken the time to spend some time with me today. Before we dive into our episode, I wanted to make sure you knew that I have a few coaching spots available to start in July. When I work with my clients, I am deeply invested in helping you get better at running the business of what you do. And that tends to often look like me helping you gain more insight about what you do and why, enhance your business skills, and cultivate a process for applying your learnings from our coaching engagement to your business, specifically your business model, your sales process, and your pricing strategy. My goal is to co-create with you a roadmap so that you are more successful, profitable, and not broke. Not broke financially, not broke energetically, and definitely not broke creatively. If you'd like to chat about what this may look like for you and your business, then schedule a discovery call and let's see if there's a fit. Send me a DM on Instagram. Let me know you want to schedule a discovery call and we'll take things from there. Cool? Cool. Now on to today's show. Perhaps if President Abraham Lincoln hadn't been assassinated and President Andrew Johnson hadn't reversed the special field order number 15, which, for those who don't know, is what redistributed about 400,000 acres of confiscated land from Confederate landowners to newly freed slaves. Well, then the wealth gap that exists today between Black and white families wouldn't exist. But alas, it happened, it was, and it does with staggering effects on Black individuals, families, and communities, specifically, and the U.S. economy more generally. And, you know, as a side note, I really wish more people understood how increasing Black wealth would really benefit everyone. But it seems the mindset of scarcity, gluttony, and entitlement is a strong drug. As Greg Rosowski of NPR's Planet Money recently wrote, and this is not the entirety of his sentence or quote, so it might read a little wonky, but he's doing a bit of a comparison. And what he is comparing is the progress of Black Americans and the progress that they made in politics, business, and culture in the mid to late 20th and early 21st centuries. And he's like, the progress that was made in those areas compared to the findings of economists. And economists are found that there has been very little progress in closing the average racial wealth gap since 1950. By 1950, the ratio of white to black wealth fell to seven to one. Today, it's six to one. In other words, not much progress or narrowing in 72 years. That's one set of data points. Here's another. According to the Federal Reserve's 2019 survey of consumer finances, white families had a median wealth of 188,200 compared to 24,100 for black families. In 2017, Prosperity Now, a DC-based advocacy and research organization and the Institute for Policy Studies released a study with an incredibly disheartening statistic. By 2053, the median wealth of Black Americans is projected to be zero. Zero! Oh my God. I don't know about you, but zero? Oh, that just takes my breath away. And not only does it take my breath away, it makes me angry. I get angry when I think about those who lived, died and survived being enslaved. I get angry when I think about those who thrived during reconstruction, having created something from nothing only to have it stolen from them or destroyed. I get angry when I think about the devastating impact of Jim Crow apartheid. I get angry when I think about the racism that is deeply embedded in some of our institutions and governmental policies. And I get angry when I read about the persistent disparity between the wealth of black and white families and how it will reportedly take 228 years, 228 years for the wealth of Black families to reach that of white families today. So yeah, I get angry for a host of reasons. I like to think of it though as a good anger, because good anger fuels action good anger can spark creativity. It's often the seedling for innovation. And I'd even go so far as to say it can even increase optimism about what's possible. And Lord knows with all those numbers that I've just read to you, or yeah, you, you know what I mean, <laughs> spoke to you. Um, we need a huge dose of optimism. And we each need to tap into some of our own good anger in order to address the mammoth task ahead for us all. Because closing the wealth gap will require closing the income and opportunity gaps of Black Americans. I also believe it will necessitate a mental reframing when it comes to building, maintaining, and passing on Black wealth. And that's not a singular activity. A shift in mindset is needed where people recognize this to be a collective effort that requires something of us all and benefits all of us too. As everyone who has done my financial wheel exercise knows, when I talk about investing, I do so in a multi dimensional way, focusing on these dimensions of wealth, financial, social, time, physical, and emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being. And when I talk about the financial dimensions of investing, I highlight how there are three ways to build financial wealth, own a business, invest in the stock market, own income-producing property. Because the exercise is all about connecting or reconnecting with your financial vision, aka what do you want money to do for you, I ask folks to decide how do you want to build the financial dimension of your wealth? Do you want to do all three ways or a combination of two? Additionally, I ask them to assess or to just declare what's the valuation that will make you feel wealthy? After nearly 20 years of walking people through this exercise, what I find is that very few people are intentional about these two factors of their financial well-being, those factors being deciding how you want to build your wealth and what's your number. I'm giving you all of this because, as you know, building and maintaining financial wealth is what enables individuals, families, and communities to plan for the future and respond to financial setbacks and emergencies with ease. Similarly, being able to pass on wealth is what fosters generational financial stability. However, because of the history of the United States, Black Americans haven't been able to build, maintain, and pass on wealth unimpeded. It's why I commemorate Juneteenth thinking about economic justice or the idea that an economy will be more successful if everyone is treated fairly. Like, duh. It's also why I think we need to think less about catching up, and focus more on putting policies and practices in place that don't block Black Americans' economic progress. Like just stop blocking us, how's that? Juneteenth is one of those holidays, at least for me, that is both celebratory and somber. It reminds us of how far we've come as well as how far we still to go if we can do a better job of closing the income gap, we stand a greater chance of closing the opportunity gap. If we close the income and opportunity gaps, the pathway to building, maintaining, and passing on wealth is less constrained. And by we, I do mean it in the broadest sense of the word. So to my allies, or to our allies, I should say, let me say that, to our allies, if you are responsible for making hiring decisions, please be intentional about the salaries or the rates that you offer. If you own a business, be intentional about making sure you pay your Black vendors on par with other vendors. Diversify your network so you can spread the word about opportunities to an even broader group of people. When you vote, make sure the policies of your candidates, supported by how they vote by the way, not by how they campaign, don't exasperate the history of racism and black wealth. And finally, if you are already doing any or all of these that I've just mentioned, Talk with your inner circle to see if they are doing the same. As the proverb goes, each one teach one. To my fellow black Americans, remember this. We have a history of building something from nothing. So we know deep in our bones, it's not impossible for us to do this over and over and over again Despite the odds. However, the journey has been and can be a doozy. The prospect of overcoming the odds can sometimes feel overwhelming and cause you to become dispirited, particularly given the magnitude of the numbers. A head start of white families of about 160 years, 228 years just to get to where folks are today and zero by 2053. But please don't lose hope. Our ancestors, contemporaries, and the generations behind us are counting on us to pass the baton, to press forward with the fight for economic justice and financial freedom. So yes, let's continue to celebrate and let's also keep working. Well, that is it for today's episode. As always, thank you so much for listening all the way until the end. I will be back next week to do indeed talk about helping elders in your life with the current financial volatility. But if there is anything in today's episode that sparked an aha or reflection, I'd love to hear about it. So please send me a DM on Instagram. If you'd like to show appreciation for this podcast or this particular episode, please share it so we can reach more people. If you are on Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to leave a rating and a review because we do indeed read them. And if you'd like to buy me a coffee, here's how you can do that. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash jaquette. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash jaquette. Again, thank you so very much for listening today. I'll be back next week. I hope you will too. Until then, remember, it's about more than money.